Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This audio edition is created in conjunction with partners as part of our Market Voice series. Well, as MI3 mentioned last month, News Corp has threatened for much of this year to re-engineer itself into a full funnel cash machine for advertisers by triggering consumer awareness, consideration and intent via brand advertising across its publishing assets at the top of the sales funnel and convert those same people to a purchase at the bottom. Virtual marketing professor Mark Ritson calls it tofu and bofu, and if you can't work that out, it's a top of funnel and bottom of funnel, just for the explainer. So early this year, News Corp signalled at its decoded event the intent to tap the bustling e-com sector, the pointy end of lower funnel strategies because of purchasing transactions. Uh, News Corp is officially now in market with a piece of tech that allows a user to purchase a product featured in a video without leaving the content and being taken to a company's e-com site. Commerce media, or content commerce, is a raging trend globally, and the high priest of strategy, McKinsey, figures there could be $50 billion in enterprise value buried inside media companies. McKinsey says consumers will expect to be able to complete purchases within the context of a TV show, online content, or virtual reality, and companies that find suitable customer use cases and forge strategic partnerships to deliver these experiences could reap substantial rewards. McKinsey says it will help shift advertising's mission from audience delivery to the acceleration of business growth, and don't we always talk about that in marketing? News Corp and what it thinks is a likely world first has already done what McKinsey is calling for. A new shoppable video unit allows brands using any e-commerce platform to decouple the transaction from their website and complete a sale inside the advertising or content unit before the user continues with the content. So how big a deal is this and how is this video commerce thing going down in market? Well, on the mics today is Pippa Leary, News Corp's Managing Director for Client Product and Paul Blackburn, Director of Data, Video and Product to chat through what the hell is going on with this whole big initiative. So welcome both. It'll be a fascinating conversation, I reckon. Pippa, let's start with, I guess, you know, for the broader market, let's start with this quick summary of what is commerce media or content commerce? What is it doing? What's it about? And welcome. <laughs> thanks, Paul. And thanks for having us. Um, if I'm going to use the strict McKinsey definition, and, and it was written in that really good article by Quentin George, where he really sized the market as well. He described it as the confluence of advertisers, of retail media, of technology, of e-com and publishers, um, and all the shoulder industries that service those. And he says, this is going to merge into a $1.3 trillion industry. And the reason why is because we can now connect at the impression, well, we can now connect an impression with a skew level sale. An advertising impression, so a media unit, an ad, yep, yep. with an individual product line. With an individual product line. We've never been able to do that before. Mm. Um, and as we all know, the issue with advertising was, you know, I know 50% isn't working. I don't know which 50%. Well, now that we can get to these skew level sales, yes, we can link seeing an impression to going and buying a product. We've never been able to do it before. The key to this whole coming together of content commerce is audience data. And it's having the audience data that can link to the SKU level data. And as, as we talked about um, in Decoded earlier in the year, 
With News Connect and what we've built with News Connect, some of our partners, our third-party data partners, they have the SKU-level data. It comes in flybys. It comes with MasterCard. It comes with various of our partners. So, yes, News actually can do exactly what Quentin George was talking about. And how did it come about? Um, you know, a quick background on sort of a serendipitous discovery, I guess, or was it brilliant strategic planning from News Corp's execs? <laughs> Uh, I think there was a bit of a really good planning by the team who was here long before me, but also it was very serendipitous in that we'd begun thinking about, okay, uh, you know, what's our core mission? What do we do? How do we help our clients? Well, what we do is we turn audience engagement into client outcomes. The way we do that is by getting people to notice your brand, to want your brand and to buy your brand. And what we realized was we were very good at the upper funnel. We we're really good at tofu, but we didn't have a lot of skills and capabilities around bofu. And at about the same time, Paul started working on um, the video business. And part of that was, you know, we need to be serving more vertical video, especially in our mobile, on our mobile devices. Um, but one of the things that was really missing was this sort of these snackable, shorter video ads, which we could use for retail and, and commerce. And then Paul came back and said, actually, I've, I've found a company and he, he came through somewhere else in news who can actually do this instance of headless commerce. Headless commerce is so mind-blowing because people come to news and they come to publishers for a content journey, but we've only been able to send them off on affiliate links and away from us to do the transaction. Right. Headless commerce means we don't have to do it anymore. And for so many publishers, this is how we're going to crack that commerce part of the flywheel. You know, we've done advertising, we've done syndication, we've done subscription. They're all good businesses, but they don't have explosive growth. If we want explosive growth, it's going to be in content commerce. So for us, I think um, it was a serendipitous opportunity that we had been working for a number of years on what is advanced affiliate linking. So the Vogue team in particular, they're, you know, they're famous for uh, Vogue Fashions Night Out, but they were doing shoppable live catwalks for a while. And they were working with a, a technology, uh, a little Melbourne startup called Voodoo, and they had been doing that. But like Pippa said, it was a link out experience. So it was an advanced affiliate process. And the big problem was that with that is every time you click out, you lose someone out of the out of the funnel. You, you, the conversion goes right. down and down with every click, as we know. And unbeknownst to us, at the right time, we were able to work with them to help fund the technology to make it happen, where you can actually capture and convert the engagement in the video and shop straight from the video without having that click out experience. And it's only now that the technology is available to make it happen that way and make it really scalable and easy for the particular client. So whichever commerce platform they're on, you know, whether it's Adobe's Magento, whether it's Shopify, or whether it's Salesforce Commerce Cloud, um, it's a 15-minute conversation to make this happen. So it's become extreme. The technology has made it extremely scalable to do that same sort of approach, but do it straight from the video. It's quite fascinating. Can we just go to the macro picture here, Pippa, on why content commerce is so important for publishers? You touched on the flywheel. You talked about subs and advertising and affiliates and so forth. Why is this content commerce bit going to, what is it going to do for, say, News Corp? What's really interesting about it is for years, as I said before, we've been able to work in a fairly unsophisticated way with our retail partners. We've been able to show their products, but we've been forced to send people away from our site and out of their content journey in order to go and transact, mm. in order to buy. 
one of the things we realized is, particularly with online, people don't go shopping. They're always shopping. What this technology allows us to do is to almost turn our entire network into an integrated shop front. Now, obviously, we're not going to bombard the network with shopping opportunities, but because we have really quite detailed intended purchase data, when people arrive at our network, we already have a good idea of what their intention purchases are. That means we are on the way to creating what we would call a personalized shopping aware experience for every individual who hits us. Mm. And as you can see, that is incredibly transformative. Quentin George talked about it. He's like, well, for for the publishers who get this right, this looks like a $50 billion opportunity of which 80% is incremental. It's not money you're getting today. Right. And you're not cannibalizing yourself with anything else. It's new money. We're not cannibalizing ourselves. We've always been really good at upper funnel. We're really good. You know, we've always been an amazing billboard. Now we're going to become a billboard and a shop front. And for each of our retail or each of our clients, we can work with them whichever way they want. They don't need to do the entire funnel. They may want to just do part of it. But the great news is, is that we now can, for every part of the funnel, we can prove the outcomes that we drove for them. Mm. And, And I think that is transformative for publishers. Paul, I just want to ask about the consumer appetite here for this stuff. You, you mentioned earlier with Vogue and catwalks and live catwalks and shoppable live catwalks. What sort of engagement and response were you getting, was Vogue getting from those sorts of initiatives? And was there a, a blockage in that they, you know, they go offside and then you lose them again? What, what, what was the take up? Yeah, certainly the engagement rates were very encouraging. They were certainly searching, clicking um, with the video, you know, against our norms, it was probably about, you know, 1.4 times better when we had interactive video where they could could shop the look. But when it came to the extra clicks where they were clicked off to a different site each time to convert the sale, um, you started to lose people out of that purchase funnel. Mm. The abandoned shopping cart dilemma, right? The aban- cart abandonment. hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, for, for advertisers, and we've talked to several big global companies uh, about the same problem for their D2C model, it's capturing and converting them from where they go for their trusted advice. So if you think about a cosmetics brand and Vogue, for example, vogue.com.au, the consumer's going there because they trust Vogue's advice on what the best beauty looks are. And if someone like L'Oreal or a Mecca can put their shop front in that environment where, where consumers are already on their beauty journey, it makes a lot of sense. It means that they're not having to spend millions of dollars to drive somewhere to then attempt to convert them. Uh, they can convert them right. right from the ad unit itself rather than the ad unit having to, to drive that traffic somewhere else. So with this video, shoppable video product that you've got now, Paul, you've already launched it in market and you did some early trials, I think, with Moet. Tell us about that and what are the results so far and how long ago was that? So the campaign is still in flight. Um, So we're probably three quarters of the way through. We are taking a very omni-channel approach to this as well. So we're actually looking at how we can track the brand effect, you know, the interaction rates with 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 the technology. Obviously, the conversion, though, is where we're really interested to see the results. And whilst they're preliminary results and um, we aren't able to share the full depth of the detail at this point, you know, we're really buoyed by the early results. The Kantar study is saying there's a double digit, uh, 10 plus percent lift in purchase intent as a result of being able to interact with the video and shop from the video experience itself. 
So we're really excited about those numbers. We're, you know, Kantar, obviously the Rolls Royce of measurement. It's great that it's third party that it's auditing uh, these numbers. And we're really excited. And is the, is the purchasing number, sorry, Paul, the brand stuff that's important too? The brand side of things is, is you know, when you're working with a beautiful brand uh, like Moat and Shandon, they trusted us to do this innovation with them, this worldwide for the very first time. We're seeing upwards of, you know, 38% unaided brand awareness uplift according to the Kantar results. As a, as a role of being exposed to these, these, these ad units with the video, with the shoppable video, with headless commerce involved in the, in the unit itself. That's the numbers we're talking about here. That's exactly right. So, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to bringing the full case study to bear. In terms of the numbers from, um, you know, an actual purchase perspective, I'll definitely need um, you know, the final sign-off from Moet to be able to share the case study, and we, and we will be. Um, but we're really buoyed by seeing that there's, you know, up to 63,000 unique customers. And you've got to remember wow. that Moet and Shandon started with us from scratch. So the day we launched this shoppable video activation was the day they launched their first ever direct-to-consumer model. Globally, wasn't it? Is that right? Globally? They only did it in Australia, but it's the first time they've ever done it globally. So Australia was mm. the test case, Yes. Uh, and they chose to use this um, because they can see what uh, uh, we see, that they they need to fish where the fish are. They need to capture and convert someone in the Vogue environment where we're able to target champagne and tenders with a beautiful piece of branded co- content that sort of, you know, allowed them to own the gifting occasion. That's what they're all about. Um, and then convert them once they're in that moment of inspiration. And you'll see the results come through when we can share them at a later date, Paul. Mm. All the verbatims, the, the volunteered information from the testing in, Can- in the Kantar results were, I was inspired and the great thing was this technology was so seamless, I could buy it then and there. I didn't have to click out. It's as if I wrote verbatims yes, for right. them. Yeah. But you didn't, did you? No, I no. didn't. Of course I didn't. No. Yeah. Okay. Of course not. In- <laughs> independent research, of course. Um, but it was also, there was an interesting bit to this program, which was to the campaign. There was a bit of personalization on the bottle. You could, you could get messages. So there was, a, there was an interesting hook there as well. Yeah. And I think for brands um, that, you know, stocked in big box retailers or in the case of Moat and Shandon, you know, your Dan Murphy's, et cetera, those channels are still going to always be very important to them. And when they're going D to C, they have to differentiate what they're offering and I think that's what Moet and Shandon did very well with the offering, and that's why it works so well with this technology as well. Uh, so kudos to them. And that is that you could, you know, own the gifting occasion by personalising the bottle of champagne or the multiple bottles of champagne. So you could order the minis for a birthday occasion and you could have every single person that's coming to your party's name on the bottle. And that's something you can't get in the stores and that made sense why you'd have a direct-to-consumer model for Moet and Chandon. And so it was a perfect pairing of brands with Vogue and Moet. You know, the content was produced by Vogue using, um, you know, influencers, um, their, their brand ambassador, and then the technology and the offer just met the market perfectly because we could capture and convert that where we were inspiring them with this beautiful content in an environment that they were going to like Vogue, um, it, 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 and that's why the results are, are so amazing, I think. So in this instance, it was a content unit, but it can run inside an ad unit as well. Have I got that right? That's yeah. correct. I mean, you know, um, News Corp's sort of entering the ad tech space a bit here, I suppose. We, we realised 
very early on that if we held it back to be exclusively on our assets, that's quite tactical for an advertiser. Um, and in the retail sector in particular, you need scale. Uh, and so we knew that we had to uh, enable the ability to use it anywhere across the open web and in social media. So the way that the technology works is uh, we're able to add the shopping capability and it generates a vast or vPaid ad tag. And therefore you're able to programmatically buy anywhere across the open web, post it into social, right. it works no native in social media environments off the one execution. Mm. And we knew that was mm. going to be important to our advertising partners. And for our publisher colleagues, we're more than happy to license the technology to them. So, Well, it's very kind of News Corp. Well done, Paul. That's excellent. <laughs> hey, um, Pippa, I just wanted to ask um, the response in market and, 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 and you know, we've heard a, heard a use case there. What are the broader benefits? What our, can, how can it work for a retailer? And what, how has it landed in market so far? Yeah, we've been really pleased with the reaction to it. Uh, you know, the really clear benefit for retailers is clearly in the conversion uptick. You know, as Paul talked about before, because we're no longer having the drop off because we, we're facilitating the transaction from within the, the, within the content journey. We're seeing a lot higher conversion. So that's, you know, very important for them. But what's also really important is because of the way that the headless commerce technology works, it's a seamless transaction that looks like it's happening within our content, but actually the customer record, the logistics, the stock control, everything is being controlled by the retailer. So they are totally in control. Um, and for them, that's, that's an incredible benefit. Um, we're in effect, we're building their business with them rather than trying to compete with them or whether trying to, you know, in a hand-fisted way, trying to send them traffic. So that's, you know, the ultimate benefit for them. The other benefit, as Paul hit on, is in many ways, these shoppable video ads operate as both brand building and transaction. So, and I know that, you know, Mark Ritson tells us that ads should never do double duty. Well, this is one of those rare occasions when we, and definitely for Moet, we saw them performing double duty. So we think they're really unique um, in, in that respect. And Paul, we know that even with our technology and how seamless it is, there's going to be item times um, where people are still going to want to go in store and just double check. Um, and so, you know, the, the tracking technology that we've got behind this allows us to look at footfall um, as a result of being able to interact with the shoppable video. And of course, with our MasterCard data and our flybys data, look at sales uplift in store too. So we're taking a very much omni-channel approach. We know that there's not an online consumer and an offline consumer, that they are quite often both at the same time. And for some of our big box retailers, they've realized that some of their most important bricks and mortar customers are also their e-commerce consumers. And so, mm. you know, we wanted to provide that omni-channel measurement, which is a little bit differentiated from some of the platform's approach that is very much only about the conversion online. It's interesting. So you and you're saying you're able to basically track a purchase that might have been might happen in a retail store, but has been influenced by the exposure of the the ad unit or the content unit you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. So with our location partner near, we're able to track as a result of seeing the ad if they were then uh, pinged again in store as a result of seeing the ad and um, in within an agreed attribution window, right? Um, so you can, you, can, you can work that out. The same thing applies to sales uplift. So if you went into, into Coles um, as a result of seeing an ad and used your Flybuyers card, 
we're able to, and you you had been someone that was exposed to the ad, we're able to see the sales uplift versus uh, a not, uh, someone that wasn't exposed to the ad to see if purchase was lifted. And same with MasterCard data. So for those mm. that aren't um, part of the flybys um, data. So set. as a hunch, both of you, as a hunch, what do you think um, will be the percentage fall between a shoppable video ad where it's done in the content or ad unit and done in the, done at the right then in real time versus the influence that goes into a retail store? Is it is it a 70-30, a 90-10? Have you got any sense on what that might look like? It's going to depend on the product. Mm. So some some products have a longer time, you know, a longer lead time and decision-making time. Some products, let's say alcohol and cosmetics, they're much more impulse buys. We see them happening really quickly online, whereas we see other products where people are searching online, they're getting inspiration and then later on they're going into the store to buy. So it's it's really difficult to just say, look, it's a 70-30. It really depends on the product and the category. So just give us a sense um, to either of you, the reporting dashboard that you have and the suite of research and attribution sort of initiatives that you have tagged to this. What does that full suite look like? What does that full dashboard look like? What does a, an advertiser get to see uh, or choose from in terms of, because you've got quite a few bit of, bits of different metrics in your kit there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, over the last sort of five years, the capability has been built by my colleague, Susie Cardwell for News Connect to, to be tracking all the way through the funnel. And, and with this new technology, we've got a couple of extra additions. So it starts with brand, with brand uplift. You know, there's a couple of ways that we can do that. We have our Cantar Millwood Brown studies for the big major campaigns, but we also have uh, a product that is basically par for the course for doing a certain scale of campaign with us. There's then the attention or active attention, as we like to call it. So it says our ability to track the interaction with the ad or the or the video itself. And, and we think this is the best way to, to understand attention. Did they actually lean forward and interact with the ad? So we're able to give those, right. those interaction rates a, a, as part of the measurement. Of course, if it's shoppable, the e-commerce transaction, uh, which we're able to record, but because of the technology, you know, Moet and Shandon are able to see the same thing we're seeing in their instance of Shopify live. Yeah, right. So there's the e-commerce right. transaction. And if they choose not to transact, but they go in store as a result, we have the footfall report using Nia. And as I mentioned before, the sales uplift component, did they purchase in store? And that's either using the flybys data set or MasterCard. So it really looks to track the full funnel results. And Interestingly, what we're seeing with the early results from Moet is really outstanding results right across that mm. suite of measurement. Um, we're looking forward to the footfall and the sales uplift data coming in, in, in shortly. But we're also extremely excited about the conversion rates straight from the execution itself. Yeah, you're seeing that already. So who's next for this initiative for Shoppable Video? What are we going to see and when? Paul, how many? It's and been how much flying off the write? shelves. It's been flying. <laughs> we, we have uh, fourteen other clients in flight post the right? right. campaign. Um, we only launched it in in August, as you know. Um, and there's a huge pipeline of other clients looking. What categories? Alcohol, beauty, consumer electronics. They're the main ones so far. What's really interesting is some of the businesses that have multiple brands like Moet, is that their internal teams are obviously able uh, to see the results and they're all jumping on board as well. And that's what mm. gives us some faith that this 
is going to work, that it actually is mm. going to deliver return on ad sales for clients as well as those other brand benefits that we were talking about just before. Heaven forbid, McKinsey might be right, you reckon? <laughs> well, you know what was interesting when we spoke to um, Quentin and, you know, he'd written this paper and we read the paper and we're like, wow, he's pretty much talking about what we've done. But in Quentin's mind, it was really, he was talking about retail media. So when we spoke to him and said, well, as a publisher, actually, we can link the impression level to the SKU level. Oh, and we can do attribution. Oh, and we can. We've got headless commerce. Oh, and we can ingest product catalogs and we can do all this stuff. He was pretty blown away. He was like, I've not seen a publisher able to do all these parts of the funnel and of this chain. So I think we kind of somewhat surprised him. Well, and he's based in the US, isn't he? Yeah. So he's, he's got good visibility on what's going on. Hey, so let's just um, get to, uh, we'll wrap this up with some final thoughts in and around next year. And Pippa, I might start with you in that we are seeing, we are in some many conversations having with marketers, there's great debate at the moment about if economic conditions uh, tighten, which they most likely will next year, um, what happens to budgets? What happens to marketing? What happens to advertising? There's a lot of talk about it, whether it goes down the funnel to performance and, and activation and getting some results now, because that tends to be what happens in, in tough times. So what's your sense? This is this is quite a uh, interesting time for um, shoppable video and e-commerce because it is all of that. Um, what, what are your expectations? What happens? We think what is going to happen is that marketers are going to get very focused on outcomes. And interestingly, I don't think outcomes mean just sales. They're going to be focused on outcomes because they have to front up to a CFO and they have to front up to a CEO and they have to prove that what they're doing is working. And I think that those publishers and those media companies who are very focused on outcomes will actually fare very well during this time. Um, those who are more focused on, oh, this is our media product and this is how many eyeballs we've got and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure that's going to survive this next period. Mm. I think it's going to be the people who can actually go, okay, we are your partners. This is what we're going to deliver. Our job is to turn our audience into your customers. And guess what? This is how we do it. Mm. And I think that's where it's going to go. So next year, what's the mood? Both of you, final thoughts on um, some key takeout for next year and the mood. What is your radars telling you at the moment? Our radars are telling us at the moment, again, that um, you know our clients are becoming focused on what they can see as results. And for some of them, that means going down the funnel. Mm. Some others of them look and go, okay, our competitors are going to go down the funnel. Guess what? We're going to invest in brand and up at the top of the funnel. Right. Um, so I think we're going to see, we're, we're going to see a mixed bag. We're going to see a couple who are probably listening to Ritson and, mm. and listening to some of the marketing strategists and going, okay, this is our chance, and others who are following the pack and just going to run down the funnel. Mm. Paul, you got any thoughts on that and probably in relation to your area? Yeah, look, I uh, I think we're going to see a lot more use of video. You've got the, the streaming services providing really scalable audiences. Um, you've got technology like this that can work in those environments too. I mean, we're doing a um, shoppable CTV test as we speak. So hopefully you'll be able to shop from the right. couch with your smart controller. So yeah, I think video and outcomes is going to be the key um, because I believe, you know, a video execution can do a brand role and if you can add the outcomes component to it, then you're going to get impact with the video and, and outcomes that are going to, you know, be able to be 
signed off by a CFO um, in, in tough times. And look, I'm also going to say I'm hoping that McKinsey's right and it's going to be the year of content <laughs> commerce, obviously. <laughs> let's call it, let's go. There was a year of mobile for about 10 years. So let's go for a oh, year of 20. content commerce, 20, yeah, 20 years. Pippi Leary, Paul Blackburn, great to talk. I look forward to hearing some more numbers and results when you can talk about them because it's a really big, interesting test of what next for media and how consumers behave and shop. So really fascinating stuff. Stay safe. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. This MI3 audio edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 audio edition to listen for free. Listener.